0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach because I post really cute selfies and really funny tweets about, like, Vanderpump Rules. Like, you're not going to want to miss this life. If you loved last week's episode and are ready to not only just get your shit together, but to get your business going, I've got a holistic hustler to help you slay that grind. You may remember her from my panel at the Love Beauty Wellness Festival AKA last week's episode of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. She's a boss babe and she's the founder of Curie Deodorant, which is an awesome natural deodorant that smells amazing and actually fucking works. Please welcome the founder of Curie Deodorant, Sarah Moray. Hello. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I am amazing. I... It's funny. I had that moment today, too, where I was like, did I put on deodorant? I was like, we're doing a whole episode on deodorant. Like, (laughs) did I put that on today? I'm in the process of moving. So my brain, I have like 50 tabs open like 24 seven right now.
1: I mean, I'm not going to lie. Even though I have my own deodorant product, sometimes I even <laughs> run out the door and <laughs> almost like, forget.
0: I, it. I forgot something. I brushed my teeth. I fixed my hair. <laughs> uh, I know it's wild. Okay. So we're going to start off with my icebreaker questions with whichever guest has to come in and answer. Five fun questions. First question is, where did you grow up and what part of the world are you currently living in?
1: I grew up in San Diego, California, and I am actually in the process of relocating from San Francisco to L.A. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of just doing my rounds in California.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's, I mean, San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, even though they're all in California, are very different, like, countries.
1: Very different. But I actually went to school in Boston.
0: Oh. And
1: so when I was moving back to California, I really wanted the city city vibe, walkable place. So I that's why I chose San Francisco. Um but now that I have my business, Curie, it just mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense to be down in LA and I'm super excited to yeah. to relocate down here. Have you
0: lived in LA yet?
1: Yeah, I actually lived in LA for did a short stint in LA, about a year and a half, a couple years ago. Okay. Uh so I really I'm I've been back and forth. I've been all around California and I love it. LA is my place.
0: I love it. Um, what's one word your mom would use to describe you?
1: Effervescent.
0: Oh, I <laughs> like that word. Why?
1: Uh because I always just bring a lot of energy and effervescence to the room. I
0: love it. You're you're I'm lit right now because the room with Sarah Moray <laughs> is just vibrant. S- super effervescent. <laughs> Fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect?
1: Um Honestly, I really love to sleep in.
0: Mm. It's it's How hard. long do you sleep in until?
1: I could sleep in until 9 30 or 10 uh, if you let me but uh, I
0: mean,
1: a lot of people, people are su- that's normal
0: for them a lot
1: of people are surprised about that because there's all these articles and podcasts about yeah. entrepreneur hustle wake you're up at five in the morning yeah. and start your workout start your day Take your bulletproof coffee
0: and or, listen to your podcast or
1: there's this misconception that if you do what you love you should just hop out of bed in the morning and be so excited yeah. and if you don't you're not doing the right thing yeah i'm like Mm, no. (laughs) I actually really love laying in bed and I don't really want to get up in the morning, but I'm definitely a night owl. And Mm. so sometimes I do let myself sleep in, but most mornings start bright and early and I don't love it, but I love what I do. I think
0: I'm definitely more of a morning person. I prefer to like just get so much done in the morning because then your day just feels so much more productive as it goes on. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I've trained myself. I've definitely trained myself over the years, but... It's still a surprise to some people because of all those, all those, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wakes up at 4 a.m. and da-da-da-da-da. Okay. I
0: want to talk to you about that in a little bit because, like, you have all these entrepreneurs that have all of these um, eccentric traits or, like, things that make them unique that they – or things that – behaviors and patterns that they have that, like, help them focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But real quickly, we have two more icebreaker questions. Drink of choice. What do you order when you're out?
1: As a cocktail? Yeah. I love a classic dirty martini.
0: Oh, yeah. I love a fellow martini I love lover. It. I don't Um, I don't love them dirty. I, well, I always do them with the twist, so I never do olives. Oh, I, I always love do, them dirty. I always do a dry Belvedere martini with the twist.
1: And you know what I also love? Mm. Palomas.
0: Mm, if you go to a place that
1: does the fresh squeeze those grapefruit are juice, fun. That's, those are amazing.
0: Those are fun, but like Palomas and margaritas, I always find are so hard because sometimes they use like mixes and oh. like, and Mm-mm. I can't. And they always like. It's, ugh, I like. I, I'm fresh,
1: always. I'm always the obnoxious person yeah. that
0: asks. Yeah. Do you
1: make the the grapefruit juice in yeah. house? <laughs> if or, not, I don't order it.
0: Yeah, like, are they fresh or do you use syrup? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they don't understand the question. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna order. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna get rocks. that. <laughs> <laughs> and last icebreaker question: If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be?
1: Oh gosh. Okay, a lot of people tell me that my voice and demeanor reminds them of Courtney.
0: Courtney, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I love Chloe. Chloe. Chloe I've always so been a fun. Chloe fan girl and I would definitely want to be Chloe. She's so fun. She just seems to have the most fun, yeah, out of all of them and just comfortable and good
0: yeah. vibes. She's just so authentically herself, yeah. but it's like a version of herself that people appreciate watching. Yeah. Okay. So at the Love Beauty Wellness Festival, you talked about how you had come from venture capital and how that was where your career started. And eventually you ended up developing this natural deodorant brand. So I guess my first question to you, because I really want to pick your brain and see, you know, as an entrepreneur, as somebody that has this hustle and grind and has built her own company that I consider to be successful, Um what first of all what the fuck is venture capital because like it's such a big business word that i like what is it why do i need it i never claim to be the smartest person in the room i just claim to be the bravest to ask the stupid questions so what exactly is venture capital is it like people coming and begging for money to run their business
1: so a venture capital fund is a pool of capital pool of money pool of money usually raised by you know Wealthy people, Kardashians, you know, um, sometimes endowments, trusts, like it's this pool of capital that's run by a fund manager and that fund manager decides where, who and what to invest in. And so the funds that I I worked for, two different venture capital funds during my career in venture, and we were doing early stage investing. So that means we were doing sometimes the first check first money in into a early stage company mm-hmm. mostly tech companies um, but we also did a little bit of consumer uh, marketplaces some you know VR AR all over the map um, and it's it's investing the first money into these companies and helping them get started and grow and that's essentially what early stage investing is
0: so is it so they're not like business loans?
1: No, they are not typically a typical venture capital deal is not a loan. So, say you come to me with your amazing idea. Mm-hmm. I would write say a million dollar check into your company. I wouldn't get paid back. Typically, sometimes that happens, but Mm -hmm. in a traditional venture deal and the kind of um, venture capital funds that I worked for, you put that million in and you get equity in the company. So equity is shares. Yes, you get shares in the company. So I get a certain ownership percentage. And then as you grow and build this amazing multi-billion dollar podcast platform, (laughs) (laughs) then one day it gets acquired or one day you IPO, then I am a, say... 20% Twenty percent owner of that company, and I get twenty percent of whatever success um, you achieve from growing that company. Got
0: it. What is IPO? Because I barely IPM. understand IPA. So oh, IPM. <laughs> great. Nailing so, this test. So
1: in um in venture capital, you you invest, you get equity, right? And the desired outcome is either that the company grows and gets bought. So. You see companies getting bought by Google mm-hmm. and Facebook all the time. That's a great outcome. Another outcome would be IPO. So okay. uh, Stitch Fix, for example, IPO'd this, last year. And an IPO is an initial public offering. So it's when they take the company from private it, to public. It, it. And that's also a great outcome for an investor because their private stock turns into public, public stock. And then and they sell. can buy and sell it. They can mm-hmm. They can basically cash out, if you will.
0: Okay, so you were you were the manager, right? That would write the loans or that would approve the loans?
1: So they're not loans. They're, oh, they're not loans, but the, <laughs> the investments, capital, the, the investment. capital. Yes. Um I was an associate. So okay. I worked for fund managers. Um and they we all worked together as a team and my main job was to source the inve- help source the investments, which means run around and find these new companies mm-hmm. and then also evaluate them and Due diligence on them, which basically means make sure it's a viable business, make sure it's a good business, see what the market looks like, uh, so talk to customers. What was that
0: criteria that you would look for in people that were coming to pitch to you? Like, what was a good pitch versus somebody that came in and like clearly didn't have their vision together?
1: So it very much depends on whether the company is pre launch or has already launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you're doing, when you're making an investment in a company that already exists, it's a little bit different because you Gosh. actually have data and metrics and revenue and customers that you can talk to. So I'm going to talk about the pre Launch companies because mm-hmm. those that's are the ones. Yes. Yeah. those are where I'm assuming most people are curious about, and that's where it gets a little complicated because it totally depends on the investor. Um, so, in a pre-launch company, it's really about the founder. Um, does what what makes this founder? special? What makes this founder uniquely positioned to create this business? So what's their edge? Like, What do they know that no one else knows? I think that's really, really important, especially for a pre-launch company. And then the other really important thing um, when you're evaluating a pre-launch company is what does the market look like? Is there already a market for it? Are you creating a new market for it? Uh, What competition already exists in the market and how are you going to how are you different? Right. Um, so that could be either be you have a different product, like a product that does not exist in the market and you are creating this amazing new product and you have no competition. That rarely happens. But in the case of, say, Uber, that's mm-hmm. that's a great example of a company that really created a market right. um, for this ride sharing idea. Um, But then there's also companies that, you know, their their product or their offering isn't all that unique, but they have a really unique distribution strategy. Mm -hmm. So Glossier is a great example of that, where Emily Weiss had this blog and she had this amazing loyal following that was really, really engaged. And so when she created her product line... It was not, it was, I mean, they're great products, but there were, there was a lot of competition, but she had a really unique distribution strategy and a unique way of connecting with her customers that gave her a competitive edge.
0: So if there's somebody that wants to approach a venture capitalist and pitch their business to them, Mm -hmm. what are like two or three really good traits that you think they should walk in the door ready with in the pre-launch phase?
1: So always have a deck. Um, I, when you're pitching, it, it's kind of different. So there's also angel investors. Mm-hmm. So venture capitalists are the funds, like that pool of funds I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Angel investors are usually a Kardashian or a Jay-Z or yeah. someone that just has a lot of money and wants to write a check. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... I think it's a little bit different when you're when you're going to, approaching an angel investor. You can typically just have a conversation and start a relationship, and um, that's a fine place to start. But when you're going to pitch a venture capital fund, I always tell people have a deck. It's really important, and I think sending the deck beforehand and having all those points that I mentioned in that deck, which is Who are you? Why are you special? Why are you uniquely positioned to do this? What's the market? What's the idea? What problem are you solving? And what do you need to make it happen? Do you need $200,000? Do you need $2 million? And um, I think those are really the important...
0: Okay, points. so I have a question because yeah. I've worked in fundraising now for the past nine years and I run a foundation. I'm the executive director of a foundation called Generation Rescue. So I, we have decks that we put together to pitch to angel investors and different sponsors that we work with. My personal strategy is this, the more simple and concise the deck, the more effective it is because I see some people that do like 25 different pages and it's just so much information that it's overwhelming. Do you... Typically relate to the shorter style.
1: Yes, so I typically uh, tell people to have two versions. One is the teaser deck, Mm -hmm. so it's like your five pager. You send it to the investor, kind of gives them a visual of what what the company is all about and lays out all the information really neatly, very concise, like you said, five pages, very little text. And remember that when you when you send these decks, keep in mind that they could be going they could be forwarded. Mm-hmm. So, your when you're creating these decks, keep in mind that your biggest competitor could see this deck. Yeah. So, don't in that teaser deck, don't put anything confidential. Don't put your revenue if you don't want people knowing about it. Just keep it really high level and kind of get them interested. It's kind of like dating. Like the, foreplay, the teaser, yeah. yeah, the teaser deck is like your dating profile. It's going to get them interested and be like, "I want to learn more." And then when you go in for the meeting, I would definitely have a deck prepared that has a the details. More. You're not necessarily going to get through it all, but it's great when you're getting asked questions to be able to be like, oh, yes, I have our five-year projections. Boom, boom, boom. Here it is.
0: Yep. Always be prepared. But yeah, I think you want to have the main course. You want to have the beef, but you don't want to have all the extra fat. Yes. Sometimes I feel like people put way too much information and then it's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you stick to the details that are really going to stand out.
1: And you don't want to be rushing through it and be like, oh my gosh, I have to get through. I have 40 slides.
0: And I think the sale or the pitch really comes in what the conversation, Mm -hmm. the relationship that you're building with the person. So you have your points on the page, but then the sale really comes from what you're selling them from those Mm -hmm. four points in the meeting. Yes. So did you apply the rules that you learned in venture capital to building Curie Deodorant?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I like I said, I spent five years working in venture capital. I met with hundreds of entrepreneurs, um, and a lot of them in the wellness, be- natural beauty space. Because at the time, I was one of the only um, early stage female investors in LA and so a lot of the founders of companies like beauty counter and you know all these companies were popping up and uh, they'd be like oh we want to talk to a female she gets it she gets mm. our she gets the business she's our customer and so i started meeting with all these companies these early stage consumer companies in the beauty and wellness space and that's how i got really interested and excited about it and excited for the potential to integrate this natural beauty wellness indie brand movement with technology. And that I think meeting with all these founders, I learned tons and tons about how to do it right, how not to do it right. And I think the biggest thing was, was realizing I always wanted to start a company, but being in the position that I was in where I was meeting with founders every day, I realized like it's the really the only thing that differentiates you from the CEO of a company is just they just did it. Mm-hmm. And it really, anybody can do it. All you need is an idea and the drive and the motivation to do it and the confidence to to just take the leap. And I think it, it really just gave me a lot of inspiration that that was the route that I really wanted to go in, mm-hmm. go down. Um, And then I also kind of ha- built a little playbook in my head over the years that I was working in venture, of what what makes a good company? What makes a compelling uh, consumer brand? Um, and the first thing on my list was solving a problem. I wanted to solve a problem. I didn't want to just start something for the sake of starting it. I wanted to solve a real problem for women.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for me, natural deodorant was a personal problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could not find one that worked. Yeah. So I, that was really what led me down this path.
0: Did anybody around you and your family or your circle of friends think that you were crazy?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, oh why gosh. are you
0: getting into natural deodorant? Like, yeah. it just sounds like such a niche market that... Totally.
1: People were like, is this really? Couldn't you have chosen something a little more glamorous? You really had <laughs> <laughs> to really choose deodorant? You're going to talk about sweat and armpits all the time? Yeah. I'm like, yep.
0: And so what where did you find the confidence to continue to pursue that because you were passionate about building this business and not listen to the outside noise? Because I feel like we get so pressured by the people around us, by our family, by our parents that maybe don't understand the cultural climate that we're in when it comes to like social media and how easy it is Mm -hmm. to build brands now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of just have to listen to your gut. I think I started the company in a time in my life where I was feeling really confident. And maybe if I had had this idea in my early 20s, I wouldn't have gone and done it. I think I faced a lot more self-doubt, especially in my early 20s. And I think that around the time that I was starting Curie, I was feeling confident. I I knew how to Stop those feelings. I knew how to do a gut check and mm-hmm. be like, is this a crazy idea or am I on to something? And I think with anything, you just have to drown out the noise and go with your gut, do you, and trust your instincts, trust your gut.
0: It's funny, my brother is 20, he'll be 21, and he recently like made a really big career decision that a lot of my family, myself included, didn't necessarily support, but we were supportive of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he seemed to be really passionate about, or it like, seemed like it was a direction he really wanted to go in. And then eventually he had a conversation with my grandfather that ended up talking him out of doing it, and it, it was so quick. And so everyone else was like, oh, so disappointed that he didn't decide to pursue that because of one conversation conversation but the the message that i was trying to tell everybody is like yes i get it like we all thought he was passionate about this but he like if he were truly passionate and really wanted to do this it wouldn't have taken would have one done. conversation yes. to talk him out of it mm-hmm. and so he's still gonna find what his footing is so if you know people are struggling with whether or not like you know when you your gut and you know like where your heart is being pulled yeah
1: yeah Exactly. And I had, I knew better. I felt like I knew better than anyone. Yeah. And so when I had friends or family members that would doubt me, it was in my mind, I was like, you don't,
0: you just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they don't get it. And you, you just, don't get you it. have to continue to just like not listen to you the don't, noise yeah, and you keep don't going in that what direction. I see Like, look <laughs> at me. Like, my family thought I was crazy. Like, because I love to talk and I love to ask questions. And like, and and now I you. have two podcasts and I, you know, host, I moderated all of these different events. Um, speaking of, I'm doing another event next month, February 28th and Costa may to have details out soon in a flyer, but like, I get to do all of these events and like ask questions. you're living
1: and, like, the life of your dreams. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: But everybody thought it was crazy and they're like, no, mm-hmm. you need to go to college. You need to get a degree. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what degree do I get for like liking to talk to people?
1: Yeah, I think just only you know best. And one thing I did not do, which I recommend if you're trying, if you're contemplating a crazy decision, is don't ask too many people. Mm -mm. Don't ask everybody's opinions. That's when you don't expose yourself to the peanut gallery. Yeah, because they're only going to see
0: it through their point of view. And they don't see the vision.
1: Yes, they're scared. They would never do it. So therefore, they discourage you from doing it. So that's my number one piece of advice if you're contemplating some crazy career move is just maybe if you have like a really close confidant or a mentor, you can trust, get their advice, but don't ask everybody their opinions. And I would often tell my friends and family Thanks, but I don't really yeah. I don't yeah. really want your opinion. <laughs> I
0: appreciate it, but thanks. Um okay, I wanna jump into our first game, which is called Help Them Get Their Shit Together. So I pulled two real life scenarios from two people that are um I guess in this in this mode that we were just in this place that we were just talking about where they're young they want to start a business they want to you know figure out what their passion is but they're struggling a little bit so the first one is what advice you have for the girl or the guy that's out there right now grinding and not sure what's going to pay off they have so many buckets that they're trying to juggle and they just you know they're passionate about all these different products but they don't know what's actually going to be their profitable business
1: that is something that I have been guilty of as well. <laughs> Trying to do everything yeah. and having so many interests. And um, I actually had a job when I started when I started Curie, and I loved my job. And I tried for a while to do both. And ultimately, um, I actually was listening to a, a book. It was the founder of Nike. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book, um, Phil Knight's biography. Okay, and that's what really inspired me to just go all in. Is he he explained in the book? He's like going, not putting your all into something is your is guaranteed failure, mm-hmm. and if you do fail or this was what he was saying. If I do fail, I'll always wonder what would have happened if I had just gone all in, Mm -hmm. put my whole self into something instead of being half in, half out, one foot in, one foot out. And that's what really inspired me to just go all in on Curie. Um, I've I've definitely been guilty of wanting to do a million things, lots of interests, lots of opportunities, but I ultimately decided to just spend 100% of my attention on growing this business because at least I know in Mm – two years, 10 years, whatever, that I put my all into it. And Absolutely. I'll never have an excuse. I'll never be like, what would have happened if I had just put, you know, 10 more hours a week into it?
0: There's a small chance that you'll regret if you do it, but it's very rare because you always mm-hmm. gain something at the end of the yes. day, even if it blows up in your face. But you're you're going to regret it if you don't do it.
1: Exactly. And if you don't you, go if, for it. My, my, the way I thought about it is if, if I do fail, at least I have so many learnings from that experience that very few people have. And I can take those learnings and start something new or Mm -hmm. do something else. But like you said, the downside is so small. So I guess that's how I would evaluate it is think about the downside. And typically just going all in on one idea and focusing is the best way to achieve success.
0: So here's another struggle that I think people in this um 20s to even early 30s demographic really kind of struggle with. So what advice do you have for the college student that has a brilliant business idea but is hell-bent on following the traditional path of graduating with a degree and, you know, starting at an entry-level job and working their way up before she goes out into the real world? What advice do you have to her?
1: So I won't
0: especially if like business is foreign to her. Like she's in college, she's grinding, she knows that this is the traditional path that everyone wants her to go on, but she's passionate about something else.
1: So I won't say drop out of college because I would (laughs) never tell anyone to do that. And I am really happy that I have a college degree. Learned a lot in college that I use to this day. But um, I do know that there's a lot of opportunities to start a Company in college. Usually, people your university or others will there'll be grants, scholarships, opportunities to start companies in college. And I know a lot of people that did that. Um, But I would say, graduate college and don't feel pressure to go that traditional route. If if you have an idea or a calling, I think I went a very traditional route. I don't regret it, but I think if I had seen this opportunity and had this idea. Um, then I think it would probably be a different story.
0: Okay, I want to play a fun Shark Tank edition. It's Shark Tank means Vanderpump Rules. So a lot of these Vanderpump Rules stars want to launch their own businesses recently. So I want to know, as somebody that came from Venture Capital, with these ideas, whether or not you would sign them or you would invest in them or whether or not you think they need to just stick to reality TV. First one is Brittany and Jack. Are you familiar with Vanderpump Rules? no <laughs> okay so Brittany comes from the south i know
1: lisa vanderpump i yeah. just don't watch vanderpump films. so
0: britney comes from the south she recently moved out to west hollywood with Jax, who's the bad boy of the show okay mm-hmm. so they went through all their issues on the show in their relationship over the past few seasons they finally got over him cheating on her and now they've decided to go into business together and so they're launching a beer cheese company because that's really popular where she came from in the south
1: a beer cheese
0: beer cheese so
1: it's cheese it's like nacho
0: cheese with beer infused oh, in it
1: that sounds really good <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think would you invest in jackson Brittany?
1: it sounds like they have a tumultuous relationship yeah they so definitely I do. probably would not we've i've actually seen a lot of companies that were started by couples mm-hmm. and typically if it's started by a couple that's not married it's a little bit risky because then you have these two founders that own the company and Mm. what happens if they break up so based on that alone i probably would not invest but i would definitely take some free (laughs) gear
0: cheese Okay, this next one, also from Vanderpump Rules, is Stassi, Katie, and Kristen. And so they're three best friends, and they like to call themselves the Witches of WeHo. And so they're very into, they love wine, they love to drink. And so they're recently uh, launching a Pinot Grigio called Basic Witch. It's really (laughs) cute. It fits their brand. It kind of, you know, goes with their Witches of WeHo nickname. What do you think? Would you be investing in Stassi, Katie, and Kristen's Basic Witch? Pinot Grigio company
1: I mean I I think that sounds like a great product (laughs) (laughs) I personally would drink it but I guess as a real investment I'd be like how are you going to sell this Mm -hmm. are you going to ship it are you going to sell it in stores because shipping for wine is pretty complicated
0: it is because of all the legal issues yeah
1: you have to be home to sign for it you it's really heavy it's breakable so
0: what are your thoughts on Bethany Frankel
1: I love Bethany. Yeah. And yes. seeing how she
0: turned her reality TV. She
1: actually was a huge inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. I love her brand. I, I just loved her. Um, And then I love her brand, Skinny Girl, how blunt it was. Yeah, It was like, here, it's a product for Skinny Girls. Yeah. You want to be skinny? Drink this margarita. <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually, she, when I was building my brand, like mood board and storyboard and everything, that was one of the companies on my list of ins- like companies that inspired me.
0: I love love it. I love Bethany. I love her. I love her her candor. I love how I love, you know, just how unapologetically she is herself.
1: She's a great example of someone who probably did not listen to anyone's opinion of her. You know, she she just does her thing. is so confident and goes for it.
0: I love it. Um, Okay, so I want to close out the show with a round of "If you had to," it's a fun party game that we like to play, and. I am going to pick two cards and read them to you, and you have to choose one that you would rather. Okay. I,
1: I wish I had a glass of wine for this. I know. But, that would be know. even
0: more fun. Okay. The first <laughs> one you have to give everyone in the group the Black Plague. So, all of us in this room right now, you'd have to give us the Black Plague, or all the children under the age of six are trying to kill you. <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> Would give you guys the black plague. Sorry, oh they'll find a cure.
0: <laughs> they'll find a cure. I mean, at this point, you can live with anything.
1: Uh, I can't have a bunch of five year olds, four year olds, six year olds trying to kill you. you
0: know? Oh my god, I know. I love it. Last one uh, you either have to relive middle school or you have to yell fire, fire, fire every time you enter a room. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> definitely yell fire 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 every time i walk in the room <laughs> that sounds way more fun
1: i can't relive middle school i could not do braces over again Ugh. i'm sorry braces Just that
0: time is so oh,
1: i had bangs i it's had braces rough. i had this mousy brown hair i
0: know there are times Pass. nobody wants to relive Pass. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Sarah, where can people go to learn more about you, learn more about Curie, get your deodorant? Um,
1: Our Instagram is at Curie Deodorant. Our website is www.curibod.com, and um, well, yeah, those are the two places you can find us.
0: All right. Go yeah. and follow Sarah. Go and keep up with Curie. You're going to want to get this deodorant. It actually works. It smells good. Should and- I should
1: I give them a discount code? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Use the code NOFILTER for 20% off your first
0: order. Oh, 20% off. That's a good deal. Just for I'm going to go buy some right now. <laughs> All right. You guys can also follow me at JustPlainZach.com all over the internet don't forget to listen to hashtag no filter every wednesday on itunes spotify stitcher pandora now we're all over the place so go be sure to tune in and listen and leave us a five-star review because i love five-star reviews and they give me validation and i love validation um and until then <laughs> i'm gonna go stock up on some curie deodorant for that 20% off code no filter i love it Thank Okay, you. B- bye